Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. Two weeks on the trot, I'm getting good at this. Hopefully I can make it three next week and I get myself on a roll, because I keep saying this and then I seem to get lazy and drop off. But uh, yeah, uh, welcome to yet another episode of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. Of course, since I am introducing the show and I don't you know, have guests, guest hosts or whatever, then I guess this voice you must be hearing must be the undisputed king of the mods, the mod father himself, Flash Morgan Webster. And more importantly, that for the next five minutes to the hour, to the hour and a half, however long this wonderful, really fun conversation with Millie McKenzie goes this week. I will be your host. Was that it? See it. Facilitator for all these chats, discussions, gatherings. You know me, absolutely love this word, gatherings, with my wrestling favourites. Or as you like to call them, my wrestling friends. What was I like to call them? I'm not quite sure who named this podcast, me or you. But yeah, wrestling friends. Um, of course, if you do love the podcast, please be sure to check out my sponsors. They are pinsandknucklesmerch.com. Uh, if you're a wrestler looking for the best place to get your stuff printed, you're looking for embroidery, you're looking for hoodies, you're looking for t-shirts, you're a band looking for drum skins or you're looking for drumsticks or they've got so much going on and they have something in the pipeline as well involving wrestlers, um, maybe something involving people who you know can't afford to uh, to put a massive merch bundle in and don't sell loads of shows but you know maybe sell, maybe have one fan here and one fan there and they want to get t-shirts out they've got something in the pipeline coming up so keep your eyes peeled for that but again if you're a wrestler if you're someone maybe going on a stag do us and a lot of people are going on stag do's at the moment there's weddings coming up and stuff like that then uh, pins and knuckles merch are your guys they'll match any price of anything else and they have a seven day turnaround guaranteed and usually it's usually done in about three or four days but they have a seven day turnaround just in case but they will match any price of anything you can find they'll do it cheaper and to be fair I don't really see anywhere up there that is cheaper than them. So if you do come across it, drop them a line and they definitely will be able to match it, if not beat it. So yeah, pinsandnugglesmerch.com. They keep this podcast free, which is absolutely great. And big thanks to them. Um, of course, if you don't want anything for them, but you do want to help uh, you do want to help keep this podcast on the air and you want to you know, support me a little bit, then that can be done at morganwebster.pickartel.com. I should, and I say should because I am recording this podcast early. It is Saturday. It is my birthday. Um, I'm doing it because um, I am down at the uh, the PC, the WWE PC this week, so I might not have a time to do this. See, that's a good I'm getting. I'm getting so good at trying to make sure that you lot get these podcasts that I'm now even recording stuff in advance, editing stuff in advance, and synchronising, scheduling it so it will drop when it's supposed to then on Thursday, Wednesday. I, I haven't figured out yet. If it's Wednesday, hey, happy Wednesday. If it's Thursday, happy Thursday. If you're listening to this a bit later, happy whatever day it is. But yeah, look how good I'm getting. I'm recording this early, but I should, fingers crossed, should have uh, t-shirts online Monday. Um, I'm just waiting to finish one, two, three up. If not, it'll definitely be next week. But uh, it's the first t-shirt, uh, Morgan Webster t-shirt I've released in about seven or eight months. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that as well, because again, I love seeing you people represent me at shows. And this is a core cover t-shirt, one of my favourites. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you do want to pick one of those up and uh, help support me, that is morganwebster.pickartel.com. Of course, I say it every week, but I do understand that not everyone can afford to give stuff. I'm not uh, asking people to go out their way and uh, buy £100 worth of stuff from Pins and Knuckles merch or even buy a t-shirt from me, which is like £20 and stuff like that. If you can't afford to do any of that, then that's absolutely fine. But you know what? Maybe you love the podcast a lot. Maybe you should let people know how much you enjoy the podcast. I saw a lot of people enjoyed Johnny Saint last week. 
it was great to see how many people love that. I know uh, sometimes I can do podcasts with older wrestlers and the majority of my fans are younger and they, they kind of they don't go out of their way to listen to those older podcasts. I do love that when you come for people you know, you know uh, Jimmy Havoc is still one of my most listened to because a lot of people know who Jimmy is. So is Tyler Bate. A lot of people know who Tyler Bate is. Um, I do love how people come for them and they stick around for the rest because they think, hey, Flash did a pretty good job. They're getting a conversation out of them too. Maybe you can uh, maybe you can introduce me to some new people. But uh, yeah, we've got some good numbers on the Johnny Saint one and a lot of people reaching out to me on Twitter, on, on Instagram, on Facebook telling me how much they enjoyed the podcast. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and give it a listen. But uh, if you've come for the first time now because you're a Millie McKenzie fan and you're enjoying this podcast or you do enjoy the podcast, then maybe go back and have a look at some other people. Maybe some people Millie wrestled, maybe some people Millie have teamed with, or maybe it's just some shows that you've seen Millie on and other people have been on the show too. Go back and, and check those out. It always it always a pleasure to sit down and chat to the people and find out stuff about my wrestling friends that I didn't know about. And luckily, the recorder's there as well to catch it. So yeah, if you uh, if you haven't listened to the Johnny Saint episode, definitely go back and check that out. It's a corker, and I appreciate everybody uh, putting out nice responses for that. And of course, if you enjoy this one and you want to do that, do that on the social media. I'm at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook. I'm at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. And if you do want to book me for any upcoming seminars, gigs, events, or you want to advertise on the Wrestling Friends podcast like Pins and Knuckles merch, then you can do that at the very, very public email, which is flashmorgan at live.co. UK. I said public email then. I think uh, Colt Cabana says that. You see, I listen to so many podcasts that I just seem to pick up jargon and pick up sayings and the way people pronounce it stuff and the way people build stuff and the way I edit stuff. It's just me kind of stealing and collecting stuff. Uh, Damien Hurst once said, good artists borrow, great artists steal. So I must be a great podcaster because I steal lots and lots from other people. But uh, the content, the content of the conversations is all me. So Apologies for that, but yeah, if you do want to put me for any, anything, then the email is, of course, flashmonglife.co.uk. As for my weekend review, today is my birthday, so again, a lot of people give me birthday wishes online, which is great. Thank you very much for that, appreciate it. There's not a lot to say, really, because I recorded the Joint State podcast and put that up two days ago, so not a lot has changed. I went to the cinema, watched Us, it was very good. If you've seen the film Get Out and you love uh, horror films that have social commentary, definitely go check that out, it's great. Really artsy, very Stanley Kubrick. Um, if you enjoy that sort of stuff. Apart from that, really, I've just been hitting the gym, get myself back into a routine now. The jet lag was kicking my butt for the last couple of days, but I seem to have uh, kicked that now. Fell asleep quite early last night and I woke up quite early today, so I think I'm back on the uh, the road, which is good, which is very good considering, as I said, I've got a week at the PC now down in London, so uh, being tired for that would not have been good. But I think that really just sum it up. I watched this week's NXT UK. It's great. Uh, Travis Banks. And Cassie Dono had a great one. Stephanie, so go back and watch that. Um, and I think that's it. Ginny and Tony had an absolute stormer as well, as they usually do. I don't think I need to, to kind of push that because they already do. And they go a good 20 minutes and it's really great. And the rest of the show is fantastic as well. So if you haven't, go check out NXT UK from last week, I guess it would be. Or this week. I, by the time this goes up, I'm not quite sure. But uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, a couple weeks ago I went and sat down with Millie McKenzie. Um, this is one which I thought could go either way. Uh, sometimes you sit down with people you know quite well and you think, I'll put a recorder on and they'll go a little bit shy. And that did happen at the start. I'm not going to lie, it did put it on. And she was really bubbly and funny at the start before I put the recorder on, press record. And then she went a bit uh, quiet. And I thought, oh, here we go. But within about five minutes she was back to being her wacky, zany self. 
So uh, big ups to Millie for coming on this. And uh, no doubt this will get good numbers too because I know she has a great following. And she's currently in Japan. So uh, hopefully she can uh, record this at some point on her travels. And this can, uh, this can, you know, cure a good hour, two hours of boredom while she travels around Japan listening to her own voice. Uh, she'll definitely do that. She'll definitely do do anything to cure the boredom. But yeah, it's a great chat with Millie. She's uh, super young. Pains me when she starts telling me about what got into wrestling. There's a great photo which she's definitely posted at some point with her with a Dean Ambrose banner or Dean Ambrose uh, t-shirt on and she's gone to see wrestling because she's super young. But she's somebody who's absolutely killing it and she's uh, she's worked for Dari for NXT UK brand. Great matches there. She's done, this might be a third tour of Japan now. Um, she's done America. She's absolutely smashing it and she's somebody I have no doubt will go on to bigger and better things. But I had a few people asking me for this podcast and I kind of pushed it back a little bit because I knew she was doing a, a Japan tour and I knew she had other stuff coming up and I wanted to kind of get that before, I uh, wanted to get that out of the way before we had her on. But uh, yeah, she finally did and I finally got to sit down with her. She only lives an hour away from me, so it was uh, really easy, real nice. And, her, uh, and her, uh, her dad made me a lovely cup of tea. So uh, I guess all was left to say is sit back, relax and enjoy what is a really fun episode with Minnie McKenzie. Enjoy, people. <laughs> Look, I'm joining you today. By Millie McKenzie. How's it going, Millie? Hello, good. <laughs> I do love how before we put this on, you were your weird, for lack of a better word, gremlin self. And, the, and I was like, this podcast is going to be horrendous. And then the moment the recorder goes on, you're like, hello. I was like, no, Hi. no. So, but um, you're somebody that I've, I've had a few requests to have on and people suggested to have you on and stuff like that. But I know that you had Japan coming up. And we did speak about it, and we said that we'd wait till you'd done Japan, and you'd done a bit more, and then we'd uh, we'd get you on. Plus, I think people were suggesting I get you on the podcast when you were still sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. And as a rule to myself, I was like, I'm not recording. I'm not recording. I was like, I'm not recording a podcast with somebody who's sixteen and seventeen. So we've waited till I want to wait till you were eighteen and stuff like that. But yeah, join you today by Millie McKenzie. This should be. Uh, this should be. I, I'm hoping that the the barriers come down a little oh, bit, God. and I do get a little bit of. Uh, of Gremlin Millie. The disgusting Gremlin Millie. I hope I do. But um, how I usually like to start these. <laughs> why are you, why are you not sat there? <laughs> it's, it's an audio podcast, you know, you can see this. She was literally sat there with like Michelangelo's David with her fist underneath her, uh, underneath her chin. You can say what you want, it just caught me by surprise. Um, how I usually like to start these, Millie, is uh, what's your earliest memory of wrestling? When can you remember falling in love with wrestling? I remember, well, I actually hated it to start off with. Hated it. Because um, I used to go to a childminder's house, whatever you call it. Babysitter's way. Yeah. yeah, and their son, so I'd have, oh, I'd have been about six, their son used to play with the figures in the ring and he used to hate it because I always used to want to play on the drum kit he had. <laughs> oh, he right. used to play with the wrestling figures. Like, Why are you playing with that? It's rubbish. And it wasn't so much the wrestling, it was just the action figures. And he had John Cena and The Undertaker. And I was just not interested at all you want to go on the drum kit yeah and I'd always say to him why, why are you playing with that it's a load of rubbish and then I stopped going and then years later I turned on the telly and it was just on and then I was like ah oh. can you remember what match it was it was John Cena against Dolph Ziggler on Smackdown see this again this blows my mind because like because I'm around a lot of you younger people all the time in wrestling sometimes you completely forget how old people are because mm. everyone's just the same age so then when I hear you like oh what's, what's the first match you saw and you're like John Cena versus Dolph Ziggler. I'm like, yeah. I'd been into wrestling about six years before John Cena even showed up. So mm-hmm. it's that sort of stuff. Thing. So what was it that kind of... 
But I didn't even watch it, to be honest. It was just on in the background. Um, and then the next week, I think it was the same time, and I put the telly on again and it came on. And then I just recorded it. I saw CM Punk and I was like, oh, OK, we can record on this one. So I recorded it. And then it was leading up to a pay-per-view. Which one? I have no idea. Um, and I watched it. And then from then on, I was hooked. 100% hooked. How yeah. old have you been at this point? Nine, eight, nine. And then were you just all in, as in like... Pretty much, yeah. From when I was ten onwards, I was... And what do your parents think of that? Yeah. Well, they knew I was obsessed. We used to go and watch the live events. I've seen the famous picture of you with the Ambrose sign. Yeah, I've got a shirt in that wardrobe. Oh, really? Show you, yeah. Have you met him? No. No, you haven't. But I've high-fived him. Okay. So that's basically the same thing. So you literally just like went to all the events and... Just fell in love with wrestling from then? Yeah, when they were in Birmingham, I just used to go and watch all of them with my dad. When did you discover British wrestling then? It's not until after I got the shirt that I was like, right, if Dean Ambrose made me feel this excited by giving me his shirt, if I could do that to someone else, then I'd love to do that. So I just Googled Wrestling Schools UK and Phoenix Wrestling came up in so, Coventry. So did you type in like, I'm guessing you probably typed in like, Wrestling UK Coventry yeah. or something like that. And the Wrestling school was in Coventry, I think it was. In Coventry. Who was the head trainer at uh, Phoenix at the time? Uh, Psycho Steve. No, see, the um, you the thing is, if you want to look at the 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 lineage of this man, like Damien done passed through there, yeah. Pete done passed through there, you went through there. Mm. Like that's a pretty good track record yeah, for, a, track for a trainer. A trainer. Uh, um, more so the fact that I guess with you guys that it was the only thing around and then from there you both went on to mm. to other places but um, what were you expecting when you first went to wrestling training? I don't really know to be honest I didn't because all I'd ever watched was WWE I had no idea what so you didn't even know the British wrestling no I didn't existed. think it existed I just thought it was WWE and that was it I didn't know anything so when I pulled up well, my mum rang a week before and said, you know, I've got, I was 14 at the time. said, Millie wants to come. Is it okay? And he's like, yeah, just turn up. And I remember we came around the corner and there was three of the scariest looking men. They're all lovely, Bessum, but they're covered in, you know, Tony, street punk Tony? Yeah, I know. Covered in piercings, big long beards, big long hair. And as me and my mum just pulled up and like, oh. As middle class as they come. Yeah. As middle class as they come. <laughs> I was so frightened. And she was going to go because it was a three hour session. And as soon as we pulled up, I was like, Mum, please stay. <laughs> and she was like, OK. And we walked in, and there was just loads of mats on the floor. And all these older men, I was the youngest. By miles, yeah. Yeah, ten years. And from then on, we did lock-ups. And that was it, I loved it from that moment on. Were you expecting a ring when you walked in? Yeah, I was. I think I used the ring my third week in, and it was a six-sided ring. Oh, yeah, um, well, the whole thing. Yeah, it's... That ring sucks. It's painful. I wrestled for them last month. And I said to everyone, I don't miss this ring. Oh, pain. It was, it's... Phoenix was the first English promotion that ever booked myself. So I think, again, Pete got us the booking. Pete had seen our yard and stuff. And then when Mark said we started coming training, he was really excited. And, and Pete got us a booking at Phoenix in mm. like a gauntlet match. But in that ring, I think I took a snap, snap suplex off Wild Boar and it destroyed my life. Yeah. It was the hardest I've ring. I've taken a superplex in that ring. And I still remember the pain now. So when you first went in there and it was like there was no ring, were you a little disappointed with the fact that it was you like, where's, where's the ring? Or I wouldn't say disappointed, but I was just so excited to be around wrestlers, like real wrestlers. Yeah. 
but I was very nervous and I was, I was so shy when I was younger. So I just walked in, said hello, and then sat in the corner. And we did some press-ups. And that, I worked at... Um, I had a paper round at this point. <laughs> so I used to do, like, fitness things in my room. So I was like, right, I'm prepared for the fitness. That's good, though. And then we did press-ups, and they were impressed because I could do, like, 30 press-ups. I can't now. I'm a bit weak. <laughs> yeah. But that's good because the, the number of people that show up to wrestling training and aren't in shape or don't think it's going to be physically demanding. Yeah. And then they struggle to do one squat or one press-up, yeah, let alone... Yeah, I tried to prepare myself best I could. Were you were you quite sporty when you were oh, young? Oh, yeah, I played football for six, seven years um, up until that point. I still I stopped football when I was 15, but I was a left winger, so I was running up and down. Yeah. I did cross country, and I had my paper around every day, so I'd cycle three miles. So I'm ve- I was very fit. I've always been sporty. And you just mm-hmm. found this wrestling that yeah. kind of mixed that sport with a bit of... Yeah, I used to do Aikido when I was really young, and I've always been like a tomboy, so I used to wrestle with my boyfriends and whatever. Yeah. Um, I was always a bit of a Brutus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when there was like a mix of everything, I think I just fell in love with it instantly and dropped. I still ran for a bit, and then football was on Saturday evenings, so I just the more couldn't... you become a wrestler, yeah. that's gone, your Saturdays are gone. Yeah. So you said third session and you got uh, in the ring. Yeah. So did you know the ring was going to be there or did you get in the yeah, ring? Yeah, it there? was every week before the show, they had the ring, um, if there was enough of us to put it up. But it would take an hour to put it up and an hour to take it down. So we only had an hour with everyone in the ring. So I think I was in it probably four times. Um, yeah. Must have been... The, yeah, but that it moment... The, it was the best. Yeah, the moment you yeah. first get in the ring, yeah, it's, it's absolutely great. Yeah. How long were you training before your first match? This is the question. See, because and there's not like I've had people tell me a week, and I've had people tell God. me a year. I think Haskins has the record of nearly eighteen months or something, or two years before he was allowed to actually go yeah. on a show. It was so they tried to get me in earlier under a mask called like Tiger Girl or something. Do you know who the original so, so Tiger Kids? You know who Tiger Kid yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. So no wonder they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't want to wear a mask. I just thought, mm, I'd rather just be me. Because um, I hated acting. I Because I was really shy. I was a little mouse. Um, I think it was six months. Six to nine months around that period. Um, but yeah. So I started in January. And my first match was in October on my mum's birthday. Well, that's not too... Six, six, six months. About six months. Yeah. Six, I don't know, no, you started in January. Yeah. I was about nine months. Yeah. That's not, that's no, not too bad. Yeah, so... Who's your first match against? TJ Sky. Again, give, promo as well. given, given the, the crop of people there, he's probably one of the oh, most he, experienced. Yeah, he yeah. helped me out so much in that match. And I've watched it back many a times, and it could have been a lot worse than... He did look after me, bless him, so... To be fair, I, 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 do, like, I do like Tom. Um, yeah. And I think Tom's very underrated. I just think that Tom's... Mouth sometimes gets him in, yeah, gets him in yeah. trouble. And I do like, I do like Tom. He just, yeah. I think, speaks out when he, he shouldn't. But he's, he's very, very capable. I, I saw mm. him out in, in Malta, Malta recently, Malta. and he was in triple threat, and he was by far the best in it, and he was really, really good. But for some reasons, just never really broken mm. out. But uh, can you remember that first feeling of? Oh yeah, the first match? I was petrified because I had to do a promo before as well, just to introduce myself. I was like shaking and it was my mum's birthday as I said so we were going to go out for a meal afterwards and they were both petrified for me 
And I remember I just walked out and saw them and they were both like in tears and I was like, mm. um, But yeah, afterwards I had such a burst and I was so happy and they were both crying and it was great. So. Where was the was the show in the hall that we first met? It was in Leamington, yeah, the yeah. Sid- Sydney Centre. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. How many people were there for that first match? 30. But again... That must have felt like lost. Oh yeah, yeah, it did at the time. But what was nice is when I went back last month, I recognised everyone. It was the same thirty odd people, and there was a lot more. But that original thirty was still there, so it was nice to see all them. And they had no idea that I was still wrestling because they just watched Phoenix. They just thought that, yeah. <laughs> to, the, to yeah. them they were like, well, "Welcome back, yeah. Millie." Yeah, yeah. They thought you so, come out of retirement. Yeah. So just, <laughs> that's great. So. Were you just wrestling for Phoenix then, or, or or did you kind of branch out pretty quickly? So, after my first match, and maybe before, Tom took me to train at the Hunter Brothers place. Um, with Lee, Jim, Pete, and Dad. So yeah, that was a different level completely. I didn't even realise. I thought Phoenix was the best place in the country. Well, you would. You had nothing else yeah. to compete against. And then when I went there, it was like a whole another step back I was like oh my god I'm terrible but Pete like pulled me aside with another boy and I was like you two are alright you know you should come here more often and and when he said that I tried I think it was once a month because at the time again I was 14 I was doing football running everything tennis as well so to find a night like my parents were driving me everywhere yeah they were a big shout out to the ball for them oh yeah three times a week they'd take me to Wolverhampton yeah no so I spent, I spent many a, a time in a hall with, with your mum and your yeah. dad. Um, so yeah, Dudley, uh, Tipton Dudley, it was a bit far, 40 minutes. And obviously they'd stay and watch me train. And in that small little unit in the winter. Freezing cold. Yeah, they weren't f- like fond of it. So mm-hmm. um, Yeah, and then Tom would take me as well. But it got to the stage where I started doing Iron Fish shows and training with them every so often. And when I started wrestling at higher tier people there, um, I thought, right, I need to get down to Dudley more. And it's when I went to Dudley that I met Zaki, and he said, why don't you come fight club? And that's when I started doing both of them. And I did kamikaze as well. And then fight club was the place that I really thought, OK, right, this is where I can make it big. So that's when I stopped training there. And then just stayed at Fight Club. Can you remember when you say you wrestled some higher tier people and you said, right, I need to get down to Dudley more? Can you remember who those people were at the time that kind of. I wrestled Steph. Okay. Um, and I wrestled Haskins. In a, it was in a rumble. But to me, it was like my fourth match. And it was Alex Gracie and Mark Haskins. I did, like, it was just me in the ring with those two. And I was like, oh my God, it's the best day of my life. Um, and they spoke to me after and said, try and train other places and um, I wrestled a few Alex Windsor yeah uh, Lana Austin and at the time for me this was like the top girls in the country I wrestled B um, again in 15 year old me this was the best of course thing and I think it was wrestling people better than me as always that encouraged me to get up there and mm. train more places yeah and then you kind of decided then you were going to start Going to Fight Club, and at the time were they in the? Was it the? Was it called Fiction? Was yeah, I was trying to think if it was called Fiction. Yeah, yeah. so that's where it was. It was in the. Yeah, I remember the first time I was talking to Nathan Jones, who I met at Dudley, the referee, um, and he sent me to the Planet 
with my parents and we were late because we were standing outside the planet for ages, which was their venue before fiction. And then eventually we found it and they were already doing the warm-up and I walked in and I said, first time I met Travis, I said, hello. And he was doing the warm-up. He didn't see, not in a mood, but he was very... He was, he was already in know, his zone, yeah. yeah, of course. And I said, hello. And then I saw Zaki and I just got him to do press-ups and it was the most I've ever done before. It was insane, the warm-up. I can't quite remember it, but at the end I was just dying. The thing is I love about him is is he... I've been there when he's gone, okay, this is what we're doing. Everyone get on with it or whatever. And I've seen him then, alongside everyone else, just complete the warm-up yeah. and not break a sweat. He is one of the most... Um, when it comes to cardio, his cardio's fantastic, it really is. Yeah. So, um, again, I can imagine he was already in the middle of the warm-up. You coming in to, like, shake his hand or... He was probably like yeah. looking at you like you're late. I'm in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> leave me, yeah. leave me alone. And he would have had no idea like who I was or anything. Yeah. So of course, I remember I messaged him and Zaki before and said hello. My name's Milliam. Is that okay if I come to training? He just said yeah. See you there because I imagine they get loads of people just messaging come once. But as soon as he realised that I was there to stay and I started going twice a week. Yeah. All in. Yeah. So how were you? You were still you were doing Fight Club and then you were doing. Iron Fist and maybe Kamikaze. Yeah. But you were still quite kind of stuck in those, I don't want to say lower tier, but because Kamikaze is probably middle, but in that middle tier of, of Midlands wrestling. Yeah, really. well, I wasn't doing the Kamikaze shows. They were, I wasn't at that level yet. So you I were was, at the lower yeah, levels oh, yeah, for yeah, wrestling. Definitely. And again, I mean, I mean that, again, yeah. no, no disrespect to anyone, but they are when it comes to on people's radar and stuff. Like a lot of yeah, people don't, yeah. some people might be listening to this and have never heard of Iron Fist and stuff like that. But um, how long were you training at Fight Club then before you kind of started breaking into the, the middle tiers and the, the upper tiers of British wrestling? It's so weird because I don't think I ever did the middle tiers. As in, I was just training at Fight Club. And at this time it was my GCSEs. So I was trying to revise um, and I was trying to see my friend. And I had a job. Um, I was just working as a, a waitress at the hotel at the road. Um so trying to balance everything was quite hard. Um, and then Zaki said, I think it was a year of training at Fight Club. And then Zaki said, we'd like to put you on the show against Kaylee. Um, prepare yourself for that. And I just, because I worked, there was a gym where I worked. So I'd just go to the gym every day and train at the gym opposed to doing shows because I worked Saturday and Sunday 10 hour shifts and I was at school every day um, and then after I did Fight Club that's when I had loads more places contact me so I think it took that Fight Club show on like the higher tier for the middle tier places to contact me because of the exposure Fight Club gave yeah. me if that makes sense how did you find that match with Kaylee? oh I loved it I, was, I cried at the end oh I haven't watched it back, to be honest, because I think... I'll just cry. It's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Kaylee is incredible. She's I fantastic. Love, yeah, I love wrestling her. I say she's one of the best in the country, and, I, and oh, yeah. I, don't, I, don't say, I don't say she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the country. I say she's one of the best wrestlers in the yeah, country. Yeah, she's incredible. it doesn't matter about gender, she's absolutely fantastic. She is. I was lucky when I won the Defiant bout, I had a six matches straight with her, and I learnt so much from that. So, yeah, she's helped me out loads. Yeah, she's great. So, um, as soon as that match happened at Fight Club then, just kind of, you just realised that, like, more people were approaching you and... Yeah, it, I did, um... So, after that first match, Zaki pulled me aside next week at training and said, um, 
Quacking Bush wants to use you in trios with Amari and Kyle. And this is when we were all babies. Yeah. Kyle was a twig. Amari, no one really knew who Amari was, and I was a fetus as well. <laughs> so um, that we were all buzzing for that and preparing and thinking of we were all going early and doing trios moves and stuff. So that was another thing we had to prepare for. And then again, after that, it was a whole more places contacted. And that's when I got my first abroad booking because Red came and spoke to me at Trios and said, would you like to come and do Portugal? Is it CTW? It is. Yeah. And that's how I got that. And then... Did you go on your own to Portugal? Yeah. How old were you at this point? So I'd have been 17 at this point, but it was just after... So I got ill. I've got something wrong with my liver. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about that, because I remember kind of hearing you were in hospital, so, and we have spoke about it. Yeah. Stuff like that, so let's, let's have a little bit of... Yeah, so I just there. have liver disease, which is... Fa- like, I have a very mild case of it. Um, but it Bo- means, born with it, or...? Well, they found it when I was eight, um, but I have a very weak immune system. And I think because I was at school five days a week, training in the gym seven days a week, resting twice a week, training... Three times a week. I was working, just getting so... Working yeah, two days a week. So run down. I, I used and to stress from, the, stress from the exams. Yeah. Um, I just got ill and I got a sore throat. Just a cold for a week. And normally, I just if I get ill, I just sleep it off. But it turned into tonsillitis. And again, just sleep it off. But I didn't have time. And then it turned into glandular fever. And I went to the doctors and said, you know, my throat was just closed up. And they said, yeah, you need to go to hospital now. Um, so they kept me in hospital that night and I was in there just over a week I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink I couldn't move, I was talking to myself it's quite funny looking back on it because I was just dribbling, I couldn't close my mouth um, and it was quite scary actually because I was just so weak, I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything I was in bed for seven days um, and it was the weekend after I came out of hospital that I was meant to go to Portugal so my parents were petrified let me go because if anything went wrong, I was yellow as anything. Yeah, remember this, yeah. yeah, it was funny. I just thought you really bought some really bad fake tans. Yeah, so. <laughs> and my eyes. I looked ill. I looked dreadful. So I got a spray tan, and I was only there for four days. Um, but yeah, I felt all right, luckily. But yeah, my parents were petrified to let oh, me go, I can, I can imagine, just yeah. in case anything went wrong. Because like, my liver was still swollen. So if I took a shot to the liver, wrong, and that's something I still worry about now. Who did you wrestle at the? Um, it was it was a tag match. So what's the name? I can't even remember. Uh, I know what they look like. Go on. Dark black hair. Right. In like what's the word? Check. check. Yeah, yeah. Check's check's good. Oh, what's the name? Or check. And then shorts. I know. Yeah. A girl that lives over here now. Um, she's and her boyfriend friends, Bill, is Billy. Yeah. Billy. Billy's. I can't remember her her name though. Um, I can remember. I can't remember his. Is it, no, S- does he wrestle Syndrome? Yeah, Symphno. Symph- I can't remember. Like I just remember yeah. his name was Billy because he, he's yeah. redhead, yeah. and I, and I have a friend who's who's called Billy yeah. and has redhead. Is it Olivia? Something like that. Yeah, it is. Li- is it? It is. Yeah, I'm terrible with names. But yeah, she but it was good. That it was. It was always supposed to be a tag match. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, the ring was. Massive. Yeah, it's, 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 a, yeah. Good, it's a good ring. No, Do you see the fish pond backstage? Well, I say the fish pond. Oh, it depends on where... Like, the bath. <laughs> oh, no. 
goldfish from It depends there. on where we... Oh, probably we're in the same venue. I don't know if we're in the same venue. It's like in the middle of nowhere, really. Is it like you walk in, you go up these stairs and then you go into what looks like a really dodgy cafe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. Back, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love fish. I no, do love you. I do there. love bookings in Europe because, yeah. like, what's what's been great is recently for me is um, whenever I get booked in Europe now, they take they bring both me together, which is yeah. great. Yeah. But um, there's so many moments when I've gone places on my own and I've yeah. just gone, "What have I got myself in for?" Or like you, and, and then you'll kind of you again don't know the majority of the people you're wrestling either, oh, and yeah. you ask somebody if you wrestled before, and some people don't know them, and you're just like, "What have I got myself?" So mm-hmm. I do like. If I do take a, uh, a European booking most days, I kind of try now to do a training seminar beforehand and say that the person I'm wrestling has to be in the training seminar because yeah. then I can kind of gauge how yeah, good they yeah. are or whatever. But it was good. CTW, I wrestled Ro- I wrestled Rossi. Oh, yeah. Um, Rossi's class. Rossi should, yeah. I told Rossi should come over here. He's really, really good. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, cool kid. So did that, um, did that European booking stem more of them or was that just kind of a one-off and then you kind of came back over here and just worked? Well, it was a one-off, really, but to me, to say I've been abroad, that was like, to my school friends, that was cool. It was a bucket list, I had a yeah. bucket list of going abroad. Because they came to watch my second match in Phoenix, and obviously, walking in there, they didn't really think much of it. They loved, they enjoyed the show, but they thought, oh, she's just doing it. A little bit of a hobby. Yeah. So, when I told them I'd been abroad, and then my friends came to watch me at Fight Club, that was a different... Which, where, where were they at this point? Were they in the big warehouse? Yeah. Starbucks? I never wrestled at Fiction. I never wrestled um, at Fiction. Yeah. Trained there, never That's wrestled. That's the one thing I wish I'd have done. Because I trained there at Fight Club and I prepared to wrestle there. Like, that was my where I wanted to wrestle. And then they moved to Starbucks. And I think it was the second Starbucks show I wrestled at. But yeah, I wish I'd have done And they came that. to watch... They, came, they didn't come to watch the Kaylee Ray one, or...? No, it was the one after... I can't even remember what match it was to be honest but I think it was a multi-man and they came to watch that and it was yeah they were blown away even just walking in just the different levels yeah. this multi-man would this been the birth of Suplex Millie yes yeah so how did Suplex Millie come about well I, I always just used to well do you know what do you know what right <laughs> oh here we go back to the start the childminder's house the Undertaker, for some reason, was a German suplex madman who would always suplex John Cena over the other side of the lounge. Um, and I used to go and collect him and bring him back. So that was the one. Oh, you mean move. the figures? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> so confused. I was like, yeah. I was like, since when does Undertaker ever yeah. give a John Cena German? I'd just launch them and I'd run and collect them. Like, oh, for God's sake, and throw it on the floor. And then that was the one move I knew. When at Phoenix. You had to do impact at the end for ten minutes, and everyone used to give someone a move. You used to oh, give the them take one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first move I did, I was like, hmm, I didn't know any moves, even though I watched it. I just didn't know the name. You, you knew dirty deeds. And, yeah. yeah. And CM Punk. Um, and I just thought, right, I'll just do a German. And the first move I ever did was German on Street Punk Tony. And then they were, like, oh, that was good for your first time. And then we made a joke of it. At the end of every training session, I'd always hit Tony with a German as my parents would walk in. And then we'd switch it, and he'd hit me with a power driver. So my parents would think I was dead or whatever. Um, and I always used to do it at Ironfish. It'd just be the one, wherever in the match, I used to throw it in there. It's just whatever move that I could do. But then when I did it at Fight Club, 
I think it got more of a... And they started chanting Suplex Millie. I was like, oh, this is the best, best moment ever. And that is one of my favourite matches ever, when I stepped into the ring with Seema. And they were just chanting me. It was just the best. I hadn't experienced anything like that before. And it was just... <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's like you had the good match with Katie Ray and you started a bit of a buzz, but I feel that the Suplex Millie was what people were like putting on Twitter and they were all like tweeting yeah. and stuff like that. And it only takes one thing sometimes to catch on for stuff to steamroll and kind of kind of make you a bit of a, a name. And so it's, yeah. it's, even though it gets started off as a bit of a joke, it's, yeah. again, being yourself pays yeah. off. And I think that's what got me into Suplex, really, because it fitted so well, Suplex Millie. So let's just talk about how did how did that come along then get into uh, Team Suplex? I don't really know to be honest. Like, I've always been obviously friends with Joel and things, um, and I think it was when I got onto the shows with Zach and Helico that they noticed me and spoke to Joel more. And obviously Joel was watching me wrestle, and we joked about it before. Like Suplex Millie makes perfect sense, and it ha- I had the first. First or second shirt I ever had made was just Millie McKenzie's Suplex machine. And he joked and he said, Oh, why are you getting Suplex on your shirt? Like, as a joke. Yeah, of course. It's, it's and then chill. he kind of went, Oh. And then walked away and I was like, Hmm. And then a few weeks later he came and spoke to me and said, I've got something to talk to you about. Are you free? In the week. And he rang me and said, Would you be interested? <laughs> he's so funny. Like, I know. It, he's, so, he's so funny because, like, he could have, he obviously could have, like, a, if, how did he approach you? Did he say, say to you in person? He like, like, pulled me aside. I thought, oh, I was so stressed. <laughs> Joel's so he's funny, worse. man. He does it all the time. He's like, I've got so much <laughs> he's to talk so to funny. About. He's one of my favourite people in wrestling. Me and him get along so well. So, mm. like, I can imagine him putting you on site, and he could have had the conversation with you there and then, but no, he has to be sat in the yeah. office. <laughs> yeah. To... And he pulled me aside, and he rang me. He was like, Are you around anyone? Yeah, and he's like, can you go into a quiet room? He's so... <laughs> I thought I was going to have to steal something or cry. Yeah. And he's like, do you, you want to join the team? And he's like, you're not in it yet. We need to do a vote. But just to let you know, we're thinking about you. And I was like, thank you, Joel. And he's like, don't tell anyone. Of course you went and told everyone straight away. I told Zachy. And Zachy was like, yeah, I know. Joel's like, don't tell anyone. But I've, I've already told everyone. Yeah. He is, he's one of my favourite people. We have a, we have a game. We, well, we have, don't do it so much now. <laughs> we, we ring each other. And then he, I'd go, oh, do me a favour. And he'd be like, what? And then I'd put the phone down on him. And then, we, and then I'd see, like, but they got to a point where I'd see him ringing me. And I wouldn't answer the phone. Oh, yeah. But then he'd be messaging me going, I really need to talk to you. Please answer the phone. It would be exactly the same. Like, I would literally be rejecting his calls. And he would be like, come, come on, come on. So he does one now where he goes, uh, who's very handsome and hangs, hangs up, up. And then he puts the phone down. Yeah. He thinks it's, he thinks it's yeah. hilarious. You're not funny, Joel. He's bound to be listening to this he in the office. You're not all funny. all the time. <laughs> He is one of my favorite people yeah, in wrestling. Yeah, We had a, a a period where I didn't. I'd only known him as the the strict referee at Southside, who told us <laughs> we were going too long all the time and yeah. told us to take it on when we didn't listen to him, which I apologise for greatly. And then they got to a point where I think maybe three or four weeks on the trot, I would I had to swing by his and pick him up for Southside, and we did big long drives. Yeah. And me and him just kind of like by the end of the week yeah. we were sharing hotel rooms together, and by the end of the week we'd kind of mm. weekend we'd really hit it off, but. I love Joel. Yeah, he's a good oh, guy. It stresses me out though when he refs my matches. If I'm out first and I'm st- stood in the ring with him, he would just try and make me laugh. Yeah, he, he does to me. Oh, he does it so easy. And I try and keep a straight face. He breaks me every but time. It was the promo with uh, the 
with Devlin and Ginny at Fight Club, they were just in the ring and he could see that obviously I'm friends with all of them and they were all just making me laugh and I was just squaring off with Devlin but I was just smiling and laughing and Joel was like, calm down, Carol. Was like, oh my God, my middle's name's Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. So yeah, he was like, calm down, Carol. And I was just laughing. I had like, tears in my eyes. And from that moment on, I've said, please, Joel, stop because it's getting embarrassing now. I'm just laughing when I'm meant to be all serious. I think that's when my gremlinness started to break out. Because you got com- more comfortable I, in the ring yeah, because of because I'm of more him. relaxed and more myself. And yeah, that's where yeah, it started. Yeah, he is one of my favorite people. I had uh, we had a match at South Side recently. It was me and uh, me and Hitch versus um, Zaya and Sean Custom versus the Hooligans versus Legiro and Connors. And I think we're working heat, and I'm on the apron just being just being a heel and he just says something to me and I can't remember what it is and I absolutely crease mm. and I'm trying <laughs> but I start to laugh mid like kind of like shouting at him yeah. and my voice just completely breaks and then turn there he's literally refereeing while crying with laughter himself yeah. and he's like what was that noise of like I don't know mate but yeah he is he's one of my favourite uh, people and that uh, that ends our Joel Allen appreciation podcast thank yeah. you for listening to that. But, <laughs> but so did you find that from kind of those fight club shows then you were just kind of wrestling more and more places? It was definitely fight club that gave me the exposure. Um, it was my fight, my first fight club show was June, I think. Okay. I think. It was just after my 18th birthday? Or no, it been 17? You were still, you were still under 18 when you were doing Wait, fight club shows. Wait, how old am I now? Oh, now I'm 18 now. Yeah, you are. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. It was, it was your 17th. 17th birthday. Because I know that, again, we'd spoke, and I, I said to you, we spoke with Paul, uh, about doing a podcast, and I said to you, I was like, I won't do a podcast for anyone who's under 18. Yeah. Just just because um, when it comes to, like, because I used to be a teacher, I know, like, media distribution rights and stuff like that, but I, yeah. it's just complicated, and I, wouldn't, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I think it was June 23rd, the show. Um, and then Progress did the girls' tournament oh, in yeah. December, and they messaged me which obviously was because of Fight Club. And then because of Progress... You were, you were in that tournament, right? Yeah, I got to the semi-final. You room. won the tournament. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Cheddams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She did win the tournament. Yeah, it was good, that was. Did you wrestle Tash? I wrestled, yeah, Tash and Ginny. Sierra Loxon and Ginny, yeah. Yeah, and that was my first match against Ginny. Was it my first match against Tash? No. Wrestled Tasha Ironfist. You had wrestled Fitness Ironfist, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but, it was my first match with Ginny, and I thought I'd seen photos of Ginny, and I was like, oh, she looks horrible, so scary. And then I met her, and I was like, oh. How no. can. I don't understand how she can pull off this character so well. Oh, yeah. Because she is the polar opposite. Oh, it's incredible. In every way, shape, or form. Like, we've been. When we were at the training week, she was trying to help me with the promos, and we were joking and laughing, and then she just switched into this nasty looking. That's got that look yeah. in eyes. And then she switches back out of him. My favourite thing is when, when we've done promo class to forget in the past, is when she'll do this really big promo and you know you need to take the five seconds to ten seconds after the promo's finished and she will be, and that's why I'm the queen. Was that okay? Yeah. Like she just <laughs> bought okay? I feel bad. Uh, and then we were all, and all was just laughing because she's so <laughs> she switched in and out so quickly. Yeah. But you did those progress shows. Was that the garage, wasn't it? The um, It was the garage. That tournament. They were at the dome. The, the dome. Oh yeah, forget that thing. All the garage. Were they the first shows at the dome? 
I don't know. I I'm not quite sure. They no. They'd done a they'd done a chapter. They definitely they'd done a chapter show there. Eddie told me that um they couldn't get the garage for one show and they ended up doing a chapter show yeah. at some point. Um, I never uh, did there. the garage. Um, I did the garage. Yeah. Um, I I was the last but one show, so I think I was on show eleven. Yeah. I think eleven. I think twelve might have been the last garage show, and I was on show eleven. Mm. So I think I'm. I'm within a few crop of people, maybe 10 to 12 people who have done Garage, Ballroom, Ali Pali, Wembley. I think there's maybe like 10 of us who've managed to do that. But mm. um, how did you find find that then going on to Progress? Because at the time, of course, Progress would have, you would have seen Progress as this big juggernaut yeah. of Pro Wrestling. Oh yeah, it was a, again, it was another step up really, which I was petrified for. Because um, at this point, again, I hadn't really met, wrestled many girls. I was still mainly wrestling men and training with men. So wrestling girls was still not an odd thing, but it was outside of my... Comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and it was from that point on. I think it was Glenn pulled me aside and said, like, you need to, like... Because I'd spoken to him, said, I love wrestling the men. And he said, yeah, but if you're ever going to get to WWE, which I didn't think was ever going to happen... So yeah, you need to be wrestling more girls. I was like, oh yeah. So that was the point when I thought, yeah, I probably should wrestle more girls as well, even though that's out of my control. But I tried to get more. I tried to train, like partner up with more girls at training. Oh, that's good. And work with more girls. And at Fight Club, I was the only girl until Evo came over. Yeah, until Charlie came over. Yeah. And I guess then that kind of like that helped you. Her being around, kind of, you want that partnership and yeah. kind of wrestling and working with girls. Yeah, because there was always another girl that who was already on shows, not just like a brand new. Um, and she's and she's similar age to you as well. What, like yeah. two or three years older than us, but yeah, how old is she? Twenty one, I think. Ugh. So she's <laughs> old. Uh, um, one of the bits that I did want to talk about as well because I another thing I think you did the Suplex Millie at Fight Club. And then the next thing that everyone seemed to gravitate and love was this dysfunctional relationship that you had with oh, Pete Dunne. Yeah. So the bruiser mates that it came about. So how did how did that come about? I think just me being an idiot, like backstage, just, you know what I'm like. Just you just get more and more comfortable, yeah. Yeah, I just mess around and not annoy people, but I'll just, like a little sister, I'll just wind people up. And obviously I train with Pete, so I knew Pete. And I'd just occasionally joke around him and wind him up and he'd always just go away and just brush me off. And I think people started to like watch it. It's literally what it was in the ring, but backstage. Like now, whenever I say hello to him, I just run up and boot me. Like, what are you doing now? Don't mess around. I'm like, okay. But like, tr- I, think, I guess like Trent and Zaki saw it and yeah, thought this was hilarious. Yeah, it was Zaki that saw it and was like, right, we'll just do this. Then. And obviously the first match we had... We won the bouts, which was incredible. And that was another big thing for me because Sammy Callahan was before I knew about UK wrestling, I knew who he was because of John Moxley. Okay. And he used to tag with him. Um, so to win the bouts for his promotion, I was like, oh my God, best day ever. And I told my mum like, we were losing and stuff. And the reaction when we won was just... Incredible. Oh, she lied to them and said that you were yeah. you were losing. So when you yeah. won, and and they because it was against the besties who were only there for a month. I think 
oh, they'll just put the bouts on the line. Obviously, they're only here for a month, so they're going to keep the bouts. Yeah. And when we won, there's a video I've got on YouTube, it's just a standing ovation, and it was just incredible. And when I sweared at the end, my mum told me off about that. <laughs> I sweared at the end with Pete, and it was like, yeah. Did they used cool. to go to all the fight club pro shows? Oh, yeah, they come to all the shows if they can. Yeah. It's hard now. I'm travelling more around the country, but they're still, every fight club show, they're there in the corner, yeah. screaming. It's embarrassing. Um, how did, uh, could you talk about kind of like Dori being the thing that got you into it and you being a big Dean Ambrose fan? How did, how did Dori come about then? I don't, was it, I can't even remember when they messaged me. Was it when I got back from You're Japan? asking me, I'm asking you No, it wasn't, question. obviously it wasn't when I got back from Japan. No, it wasn't. Because I went to Morrison's with you before and then I got in the taxi and I went off. See, I've got this, I've got the order of things on, on my little list that I have, which I'm running through. Good um, job, because yeah, I'll... Good. I knew for a fact that Japan was after Darui, so yeah. how did Darui come about? You can't look at me and ask me that question <laughs> because I'm asking you because I don't know the answer. Was it after Wembley? Um, no. <laughs> me. Basically, they just emailed me. me. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, sorry. Um, t- uh, first tournament was in June or July. Wembley was in August, so it was after Wembley. Okay. Wow. It must have been from Wembley or whatever. Or was it? No, surely it was before Wembley. No, it was after. Was it? First tournament was in September. Because it came up to that weird music. Oh, I don't know. Um. Basically, John asked for my email and said, WWE looking for girls. I'll send him your email over. And I just thought, well, because I know a few people have been asked. So I just sent it over. Um, and then a week before the tapings, they messaged me and said, can you come down? I was like, oh my God. And it was just to watch, just to be there. Um and then a few days later, three days before the tapings, they were like, can you get blood work done? Yeah. <laughs> but it, I was lucky I could, because of my liver, if I want a blood test, I can get it straight off for free. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got bloods done, got the results back the day after, sent them over. And they said, yeah, come down, come watch. And the first day... Is that Cambridge? Yes. Um... I had to go out and buy an outfit, which was stressful. Was it, I think I just got back from holiday. It was Cambridge. Your hundred percent was Cambridge. I think I just got back from Cyprus when they were messaging me, um, and I couldn't. I didn't have time to get an outfit, so I had to like order them online and just hope that it fit me. So I was so nervous. But anyway, the first day was over. Again, I was told I was just watching, and then the second day. John pulled me aside and was like, yeah, you're in a dark match. And I pooed myself because I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, and again, the reaction that got when I came out was nice. But I'd never, ever expected to wrestle for WWE. And it was something that I'd never even thought about or considered because, again, like Japan and WWE, I never thought I'd be faced with that opportunity at a young age. Yeah. So... Uh, Cambridge yeah. was Triple H at Cambridge. Shawn Michaels was there. Don't Triple H wasn't there. He was at the next 
You've met Triple H down yeah. the road. Yeah. Which, yes. going, which one Which one was more nerve-wracking, Shawn Michaels or no, Triple H? Do you know H? what's really embarrassing? Go on. It, it's actually so embarrassing. I don't even know if I can say it. So in the morning, I woke up and I thought, right, I'm going to go to the gym. And I was meeting uh, Kelly there. And I walked to the gym and I walked past this man with a hat on. And I thought, oh, looks like it's familiar. It's like Shawn Michaels. But then I didn't think he'd be there. I didn't think any of the American lot would be there. Because again, I just thought it'd be the UK lot. And this was my first time going there. So I didn't want to get all excited, even though it was. So yeah, I walked past him and I just like, hello. Because I say hello to everyone. And then it was only later, I thought, I've, and I, re- I saw him and I was like, oh my God, it's Shawn Michaels. And I was like, oh my God, I walked past him. <laughs> I didn't even recognise him. Well, obviously I recognised him, but I just... Because did, I didn't expect to see him. You didn't think it was him? Yeah. Hello, mate. All right. And then later, hello, nice to meet you. And I saw you earlier in the gym. Yeah. So, embarrassing. Well, I I don't get... I don't really get... I don't say starstruck or whatever. It's, it's a weird one. Because of all... I've been wrestling 10 years and you meet people along the way and stuff mm. like that. And my favourite wrestler growing up was like Paul London. So yeah. when I met Paul London, he was like the coolest guy ever. Mm. He just kind of like dumbed everything down a little bit. But I uh, even when we met Triple H and some guy, I kind of knew it was him, shook his hand and it was still it was Triple H. But it was still very approachable. When we got to Royal Albert Hall, we saw Michaels walking around the ring. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go talk to him. And then I looked five minutes later and I was still stood in the same spot yeah. and I and I ended and I went and I every, I tried I walked up to him and then somebody else was talking to him and I'm like, I'll leave him, I'll leave him. And in the end then I kind of like just was kind of planning stuff with, with Devlin and then he came up and started talking to me and Devlin and took that awkward conversation out. But he's the only one really yeah. that completely starstruck me. Yeah. I think Sammy Callahan got me. Because I obviously again he was my favourite. And when I saw him at Fight Club, I was running to the shop for everyone and I walked up to him and I was like do you want anything hello nice to meet you and he's like hey okay you cool I was like <laughs> really frightened and I got him a drink and I, I just gave him all his mini back I brought it myself because you know I'm so kind and everything <laughs> and he was like oh you didn't have to do that and he like rubbed my back and I was like <laughs> I like screamed and ran off um, and then a few months ago he followed me on Twitter <laughs> And Facebook, and I was like, right, my life's complete, let's retire, here we go. So yeah, I'm very much still a teenage girl. Well, that's that's fine, that's a good thing. It's, 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 I always find that, like Pete, for example, Pete's still super young, and Pete was kind of knowledgeable wrestling way before we were, and he mm-hmm. got it and he understood it. And we always say that you forget how young Pete is, yeah. and especially now he's got like a baby and a house and, a, and yeah. a, like a family. But there are moments where like, something will happen that and he'll just be he'll be laughing his head off and then you kinda of get those glimmers of, of how young Pete is. Yeah. There'll be certain things that will just kind of set him off. Mm. And it's it's good to kind of you've got to stay that way even because yeah. it, it does force you to grow up a little bit wrestling. So oh yeah definitely so it's good. Definitely. So it's good. Um so Japan, how did Japan come about? It was Miko saw me wrestle um, I'm not sure. Oh, Miko's just... amazing, by the way, if we we're going to oh, put yeah. this over. She's absolutely She's incredible. incredible. Um, she saw me wrestle. I don't even know what shirt it would have been. But it was when um, Zaki was in America for Mania with her that he said, oh, blonde wrestler, 
girl. Uh, I think she, she didn't say my name or anything. But Trent, and Zaki just didn't think. She was talking about me. And she was like, yeah, I like her. Can she come and train with me in Japan? <laughs> Zaki doesn't know it's you, Zaki's yeah. like... Yeah, and then she got a photo or something. And, and he was like, oh, Millie. And she was like, yeah. And then he messaged me and was like, Miko was talking about you. Um, and yeah, Zaki Zaki's incredible for that because I'm the most unorganised human. Yeah, he's ever. great. He's great when it comes he to sorts, this. He sorts all my trips out for me because, again, I'm terrible. I'm still very much immature. I am, as, in, as we say this, I am looking at a, uh, train tickets. Which, uh, right, this is for Sunday. So, uh, sa- Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. There's five train tickets you don't have so you were on the same i'm on the same train as you oh, yeah. Uh, yeah i am because oh, okay. so, i'm so definitely I'll, gonna lose i'll them. explain i'll explain this to you is it are they from new street they so, lovely yeah she showed me a picture here of her uh, when she was in school um uh is that is that from new street um do you know what i don't know but it'll pass through commentary anyway so i'll just get on there um commentary to oh we'll ramped into commentary oh i, I um, I'll have a look at these in a, I'll put this there I'll have a look in a second yeah. um, pretty much sure we're on the same train um, oh yeah you just reminded me I need to get my tickets so that's good um, so yeah how did you how did you find Japan because uh, have you, you have you ever been to America have you no, no. so uh, Europe as, as as weird is it just Portugal you've done no I've Europe? done WXW Germany I've been to Spain with Angelico for Suplex Oh, those uh, suplex adverts are brilliant, yeah, by the way. That was mad. I had an exam in the morning and my plane got delayed. And I went straight here. Yeah, I had like two hours sleep then in the exam. That was stress. Did you pass the exam? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, my lad school life. I love how you look at your face. I was like, no. Do you know what's <laughs> like, obviously really not. sad, though? I did so well in GCSEs. And I'm actually quite smart. And at the first year of A-level, I got A's and everything. And now... In the end, I think I got a U and a D. I didn't. A. I didn't. Uh, I I didn't do well in. By the time I got to A level, wrestling had a full hold of me. Yeah. And I do feel that GCSE. I did well in GCSEs, but I do feel that GCSEs. You can kind of, if you've got moderate intelligence, you can kind of yeah. like walk through GCSEs. But so you need though. to revise for A levels. Because I was, yeah. And <laughs> if you if you're not, and by then, rest again, wrestling had hold of me. I think I got like a. A C and a, a U, I think, yeah. and no two U's. So, is yeah. what it is. But how did you how did you how did you find Japan? I loved it. It was the best. How long were you up there for? Two weeks. The first time it was the longest I've been away from home on my own. Um, See, so yeah, it was very. I didn't know what to expect really. I was looking forward to the food, obviously the wrestling, but the food because I'm adventurous with food. I'm a very spontaneous, adventurous person. Is in I'm, I think I'm just like a young kid that just wanders off and Tried. does anything yeah. Um, so yeah I loved it just walking around it, it's just incredible have you been? I have not the culture's just so different and it was just an eye I've never been anywhere like that before and it was just so overwhelming and incredible and we only wrestled twice was it twice? yeah we only did two shows did I you think. train over there though? yeah we trained three times a week what was the training like? Oh yeah, it was. The training wasn't with Miko. She was just watching and doing stuff. It was with Dash, um, and Cassandra. But it was very much just getting in wrestle, and that was it really. 
just getting wrestle. And they kind of stop and kind of critique little bits as they it go was along. And more as in, you'd watch them do it and they'd do bits and then they'd watch us do it and they'd we'd try and teach other each other uh, bits. Got you. And then, yeah, it just worked well. Um, but the second time I went was the best two weeks of my life. Oh really? With the Fight Club lot in Tokyo, because the first time I was in um, Sendai, which is like a five-hour bus from Tokyo. She in the in the, rural, in the sticks. In yeah. Rural areas. Yeah, which was nice. Um, there was no, like, nightlife as such, so we'd just go out to a bar like once every, at night, have like, one drink and so, which socialised with everyone. But there was no. There was no English people really, about, and um, everyone was like looking at us, and asking for photos and stuff in the street just because I was blonde and blue yeah. eyes, which was. <laughs> but obviously in Tokyo there was, I spent the last four days of my first trip in Tokyo and that was just that's what made the trip I think because we saw the stardom girls and that's when it really got good and the rest in there was just incredible and then again as I said when we went back with everyone there and me and Jimmy went a few days early and we met up with the MCW lot yeah from Australia and I didn't know who they were but obviously Jim Lee Jim Lee <laughs> Jimmy knew um, and I made friends with them instantly and I'd just go out with them all the time just spend days at sightseeing with them going to watch the Big Japan shows and then when the Fight Club block got here because I was on the different shows I didn't really see them much but I was just hanging around with everyone I was having it was the best time of our I cried when I left you cried? Yeah. I cried. I had tears. It was so sad. <laughs> it was so sad. So everyone had gone. But Lee had gone for a walk or something. Um, Why? Well, I don't know. Um, And he walked. As I got in the taxi, I was already like boiling miles. And I was so glad everyone wasn't there because I'd already said bye. And then he walked in. And he like looked back. And I hadn't said bye to him. And I was like... It's so... <laughs> I was in the taxi and I like waved. Like the EastEnders moment. Yeah, and he like waved. But then... The tax Like the guy didn't... Something. He didn't close the boot. So he got out and shut the boot. And I wound down the window and he came over and I was like, bye. Uh-huh. And he was like, bye. Thanks for the best time. And I just... <laughs> bowled my eyes out. And oh, bless him. The like... I call him Tensai. I'm his genius. Okay. The taxi driver. And he was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I just don't want to go. And it was so embarrassing. And then we just drove off and waved. And on the plane home, I was just crying. How long's the the flight from <gasps> to Japan? It's disgusting. So, well, the one from last time, it was like Birmingham to France, then France to Japan. And I think that was like 18 hours, all in all. But the first time, it was like... 12 hours to Abu Dhabi and then 9 hours from Abu Dhabi to Japan and that was rancid what, what was the what was the um, layover in Abu Dhabi only 2 hours but because I was, was it just, hot at the airport though it was air conditioned uh, but it was hot outside ok um, yeah did you have did you have films on the, on the plane yeah but I'm happy with just my music ok I sleep. can't do that see you now I can listen to music. Bo told me that he did Hong Kong. 
really cheap and had no films oh or anything. I can. I said, "What did you do?" He just slept. I can't think of anything. That's what, the only perk for me is when I haven't done flights for a long time. Is when you get on them and then they have new movie releases. That's the only perk for me. Yeah. But then usually when you come back, it's the same airline with the same movies and you've seen them all. So yeah. on the way back is awful. This is yeah. why you need to sleep on the way back. Yeah. But um, uh, just absolutely, Japan's on my bucket list. I really. Oh need yeah, to. it's incredible. We need to take that off at some point. I ate some dodgy things in Japan. Miko set me up big time. <laughs> really? She took me to a traditional Japanese restaurant and she took the menus off us when we got in and said, I've got this one. I was like, oh no. Um, and these little dishes came and some of them were lovely um, and some of them she'd just look at us and wouldn't tell us what it was until after we ate it. And I remember I had chicken neck uh, and then I had intestine of something, and in in the stew it was so nice. But then I had it in like a soup, and it was like you could see the intestine, and then it was just surrounded. Intestine, it's like... intestine not intestine. <laughs> intestine. In what? Intestine. Intestine. In, you were saying intestine. <laughs> is that what it is? No, it's intestine. Intestine. No, not an e. Intestine. Yeah, no, is it? Yeah. Your small intestine, your large intestine. intestine. Yeah. No, no, there's no eating. I know, but I thought, oh okay. Just flick it. If, if I'm wrong, please correct no. me, Twitter, but I'm pretty sure I'm intestine. right. Intestine. There, there we go. Intestine. Do you know what else? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a little fact about me. I thought giraffe was giraffe. <laughs> you thought giraffe was what? Until last year. What did you think it was? Giraffe. Giraffe. Yeah, but see, when I say it, you don't notice it. Say it again. Giraffe. No, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, but if I, if I didn't say, and I was walking to the gym with Evie, and I think Kyle said something, and I pulled her aside and was like, it's giraffe spelt with a G. <laughs> she went, what? <laughs> but yeah, I am actually intelligent, so. Um, I used to, um, when you have laybys on the side of the road, yeah. I still say layabies, and, and Jordan just looks at me, she's like, there's no such thing as layabies. But the biggest one is, have you noticed the Welsh say, where you two? We don't say, where are you? We say, where you two? Yeah. My friend Robbie in uni hated it. So I would ring Robbie up and go, where you two? And he'd go, that doesn't make sense. And he put the phone down on me until I would stop saying the two part. i go, where are you? He goes, that's better. Now, if you're in England, you go speak English. As he <laughs> used to do, just bully me like that. My brother could never say disguise. You say disguise. The man's wearing a disguise. It's disguise. I say groins as well. Groins. As in my gro- like groin, but groins. She's all oh, my groins. Yeah. My groins hurt, because there's two. Yeah, but only usually if one's hurt, there's only one that's hurting, usually. No, but apparently it's groin. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got groin ache. But there's two groins. So it's a gro- groins. It's not as groin. No, no, but I've always <laughs> groins. Oh, gosh. Do you have any plans to go back up to Japan? Yeah, I'm going soon. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do, do we say this because we, it's not announced yet, or do you just not uh, know the dates? I don't know the dates. Ah, fair enough. And, yeah. But I'm, I know I'm going Japan to Australia, from Australia to Japan. Oh, she's doing an Australian tour as well? Yes. I always wanted to go to Australia. Yeah, Australia again. I've never done Australia. I wanted to be a marine biologist before I did wrestling, so I was going to move to Australia. Mm. Um, yeah. But then failed on my A-levels, didn't I? <laughs> Got stuck with wrestling. 
But yeah, it's been a big goal of mine to get to Australia. I think Japan, Australia, America are my big three. I've done America, I've done America a few times, uh, Australia yeah. and Japan. So yeah. you you out there, you going up for Mania weekend? No, I'm, I think it's around that time that I'm off uh, okay. to Japan. But who knows? I'll ask Zaki when I see him today, maybe. Um, so what's apart from these Australian and Japan tours? What's uh, what's left on the the bucket list to do? What's the things you really want America. to do? America, I want to do America. Um, Any promotions up there that you really want to do? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just like to take off America in general. Yeah. Travel, like, travel up and down America. Yeah, see, I haven't done that. I want to do that. Um, and just see more places, I guess. And just have fun. That's my main goal. That's good. Yeah, I think. I'm very much just see what comes around. The thing is, you're still... How long have you been in wrestling now? It's four years. But then you've only <laughs> been on the scene properly, properly the last two, really. Yeah. And you're still only 18. So, like, I didn't get into wrestling till I was 18 yeah so what you you achieved already was literally me stepping into a well I go into a bit younger but I mean like I only went full org into wrestling and say right I'm gonna actually give this a proper go when I was 18 so you've already achieved way more than I have at the <laughs> age of 18 uh how I usually like to wrap these up then Millison because we are hitting the hour Millicent. mark Millison uh. what is your full name Mildred no is it Mildred Millie Carroll Redding Mil- Mildred Carroll Redding yeah, it's disgusting, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, how are you? How I like to uh, wrap these up, Mildred, because <laughs> um, we are reaching the hour mark. Is if you were to give your former self any advice or any, let's say girls, because I haven't done a, I haven't done a female wrestling in a while. So if you give any girls coming into the into the business now any advice, what would it be? Hmm. You can answer both those questions or just answer one. Start up to you. So for me, it would be always have fun. Like, don't stress too much. Just, although it's your job, it, remember why you got into it, and just always have fun. Just forget about all the nonsense that goes on. Um, and then for other girls, I'd say just again try and keep keep focused on the wrestling. Don't get sidetracked. Train where you can. Go to the gym, and just yeah, focus on the wrestling and not who's in the wrestling and what's around the wrestling just just kind of make sure that you yeah. stay keep your head switched on there you go and stay professional yeah uh, where can they find you on the internet right twitter is Millie Mackenzie zero I think instagram is the same I think and then facebook's something Millie Mackenzie wrestler maybe I don't know and uh, what about Suplex Apparel? Do you know them off the top of your head? So you've got SuplexApparel.com. I think it is just Suplex Wrestling on Instagram and the same on Twitter. So. Millie, it's been an absolute pleasure. That hour is absolutely uh, flew by. And uh, I would like to say that I now have to get on a train with Millie for an hour. <laughs> so, so, so I will have literally spent the last two to three hours with Millie. So this will be... One of the worst A great ever. day. <laughs> Fantastic day. Thank you, Millie. Appreciate it. 
How fun was that? What did I tell you? Lots of fun, lots of energy. She's real funny, real weird. Um, as I, a lot of you who follow her on uh, social media will see how she has like Gremlin Millie and she's really weird and wacky and, and that's not an act. It was She was really shy and really quiet when she first came to uh, wrestling but the more she's found her feet she's allowed herself to be that weird and zany character and uh, talks about Japan and talks about what she wants to do and like how fast things have happened for her and that's because she just works hard. Any girls out there as well, uh, any women wrestlers who come into the scene now just kind of work as hard as you can. You might look this, look around the room and see there's 20 or 30 guys in that room because, you know, women wrestlers aren't, as, there aren't as many as men. But when you walk in that room, just think, I'm going to work everybody in that room. I'm going to make sure I'm better than everybody. And that's what Millie's done. Sometimes you go to a show and she's not the best women's wrestler on the show. She's the best wrestler on the show. And she goes and she's had great main events and she continues to get better and better and why she's become a mainstay in a lot of promotions and why Dori Kingo is such a young age and why she's now in Japan. But yeah, Millie, absolutely cracking episode and I look forward in about a year, two years time to sit back down with you and seeing you've done amazing and wonderful things because the sky really is the limit. So yeah, big thanks Millie, really appreciate it. Of course, big thanks to our sponsors, pinsandknucklesmerch.com, set the start of the show. But if you are looking for anything like wrestlers, looking for uh, t-shirts get printed, you know, embroidery, anything like that, then definitely go check that out. They have uh, they have designers too. So if you're struggling for designers, definitely go check that out too. If you're a band and you want drum skins, you want hoodies, you want anything, drums, I don't know, anything like that, then they'll sort you out with that and they'll match any price. Seven day turnaround cannot be beat pinsandknucklesmerch.com. They keep this podcast free. So that makes me really, really happy. Yeah, it does. Of course, if you uh, don't need anything from them, but you do want to help me uh, keep the podcast free, I should have a new t-shirt up. If not, it'll definitely be next week. Um, And that is morganwebster.pinkartel.com. Definitely go check that out. And of course, I do say it. I do say it at the start. I say it at the end. I don't expect people to go for money. If you have it and you think, hey, I'm loving this podcast and I want to support Morgan Webster. I want to make sure that he he has more money so you can pay the petrol and go see people and stuff like that, then that would be absolutely great um i'm looking potentially um toying with the idea of seeing if i can set up some sort of studio in my house and start doing some live ones or some like you know twitch ones and get some more fan interaction and have people kind of drop messages in and let us know what they're thinking and ask questions and we will i i don't know i haven't thought it out but um i was involved with a uh, a twitch stream when i was in when i was in florida with uh, the outsiders with shane thorne and uh, Nixon Newell and stuff like that. We played a, a game of mini golf. Me and me, Ginny and um, Mark Andrews and their Twitch stream. They have a lot of a lot of people watching it. So it was an idea that I could possibly do that, or I might just kind of put it onto YouTube and make it a live thing, and then kind of run it up that way. I'm unsure, but yeah, all our support means it gives you more options, and it means that uh, you guys have more options as well when it comes to watching it, and listening to it. So yeah, any of that on uh, uh, go to morganwebster.pickartel.com, pick up something over there. That'd be greatly appreciated. Of course, if you do want to give me a shout on social media, it's at Flash underscore Morgan on the Twitter. I'm Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster on the Facebook and at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. Or if you want to book me for any upcoming seminars, gigs, events, anything like that, then all that can be done at the email, which is flashmorgan at live.co.uk. You know what's really weird? I don't put that in any sort of order. I don't think myself I've got to do the Facebook or the, the Twitter. I've got to do this. I kind of just start saying handles and then go on. So, for example, I go at Flash Morgan Webster on the Instagram. I could turn and say, you know, Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster. As long as I know the handle, I can say it first and then just kind of direct you, which I couldn't have done at the start when I started doing these podcasts. I was kind of all over the place. So I think that's uh, that's a little bit of a uh, 
little bit of a cool trait I've picked up since being a, a podcaster. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out any love on the social media and all that, or if you want to book me any seminars, then the email of course is flashmomentlive.co.uk. Again, didn't plan that sentence, just came out organically. Um, but yeah, all that support really does mean a lot. Uh, so uh, I guess we, I guess I got upcoming week, I've got uh, Glasgow, which should be really, really exciting. Uh, hopefully me and Andrews, our team, we had a lot of fun in New York teaming. And uh, if not, then hopefully we'll be supporting each other as we do some singles run. And I know that the Glasgow crowd is going to be absolutely bonkers. And uh, I look forward to doing that. I guess the next question would be, when are we coming to Wales? I think I'll probably drop a, a tweet out at some point asking that after we've done Scotland. But yeah, Scotland should be absolutely bombers. If you haven't got your tickets, I don't know if the article is still available. I don't think they're off for the first night. They might be for the second night. Then definitely go grab them. Now go check it out. You can definitely find uh, all the information at w.com. Uh, apart from that, I think that really does sum up another episode. Big thanks to pinsandknucklesmerch.com. Big thanks for you lot for uh, listening and for buying stuff at the themogawebs.bigartel.com. And a big thanks to Millie McKenzie for coming on the show. I'm going to go cook a lot of food so I've got uh, healthy options for when I go to the PC this week. Um, because I do try to stay healthy when I'm there. It's very easy to fall into uh, Nando's every day or Frankie Benny's every day. If either Frankie Benny's or Nando's want to support the podcast, then please shout out to them. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go off and do that. Um, I'll put splices together in the next 30 minutes and it'll be ready to probably go and drop maybe Wednesday, probably Wednesday. Wednesday morning, I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Um, all that's left to say, I guess, is you've been a wonderful audience. Thanks for listening. I'm Morgan Webster. This has been the Wrestling Friends Podcast. And always a pleasure, always a treasure. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. Later, people. Later, people.